Are you dissatisfied with your spiritual progress, feeling stuck without knowing why, even after deliverance prayers or years of therapy? Recover your dignity, find your purpose, and discover the thrill of walking with God once again. Explore spiritual consultations with Sonia at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Click Go Deeper on the homepage, then one-on-one, and find out how to cooperate more deeply with the Holy Spirit's action in your life with a spiritual consultation. If you like having Bible study in your pocket and you have an iPhone or iPad, why not leave a review? Search Bible Study Evangelista in iTunes and tell everyone how you're loving and lifting all you've been given. Here's Sonia. Bible Study Evangelista Show, and I'm Sonia Corbett, your Catholic Evangelista. We are in our Somata series, talking about the physical body and healing and faith. We've talked about the creation of the body and the Trinity and how the human person is a type of Trinity that images the Holy Trinity, the sacred Holy Trinity of God. We know that all of creation was meant to be a temple for God, but also a temple for the human person. So the human person himself or herself is a temple for God. And then, of course, creation itself, the earth, is also a type of temple, both for us, but also for God himself. Then we looked at the degradation of the body, the fall, the fall of the angels, which caused the fall of the human person. Sickness and disease then entered the picture and death and suffering. But we also looked at how God uses sickness and and death and suffering to elevate the human person even higher than we would have been had the fallen angels just left us alone. And and I'm still kind of chewing over that. And I know that 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 prompted a whole lot of discussion on the community page, which I absolutely love because... I think you were as blown away by that as I was. Um, just the the rumination about it. Um, also, we looked last week at the revelation of the body. Jesus, in receiving a body for himself, elevated the body and made it holy. And so we looked at the process of how he... He received a body in the incarnation. He bore all of our sufferings in his body so that they are his sufferings. All of our sufferings are his sufferings. And then he redeemed us through the crucifixion of the body. He heals us through the resurrection of the body. And then he nourishes us through the Eucharist, which is that pledge and sign of heavenly glory, according to Thomas Aquinas. And then the other sacraments as well, the anointing of the sick being one of those. But we talked specifically about how we have to follow him in that same process. So we too inhabit a body. Our souls inhabit a body, which which is not to marginalize the body in any way. We spent quite a bit of time talking about how the the body is as holy, is as important to the human person and to our holiness and to our full fulfillment, according to John Paul II in Veritatis Splendor. All of that is necessary for the fulfillment of the human person meaning the body too. So we then inhabit a body. We also bear our sufferings in our bodies. So they are our sufferings, but because Jesus took them on himself, we sort of co-suffer, we could say. And then he uses our sufferings to redeem us, to purify us, which is 
part of the reason the church says why we suffer. We suffer, first of all, for our personal purification, and then secondly, in an apostolic way that helps purify the entire church. So it's redemptive. That's the point. Suffering in Christ is now redemptive, whereas before it was simply just pain. And so our suffering can be redemptive and is meant to be redemptive, both for us personally and then for the whole church, so we can offer it up. So we are healed through that resurrection, that redemption, the resurrection of the soul, meaning all of the parts of the human person, the heart, the reservoir of love, the soul, including personality mind, thought, reason, emotion, memory, intellect, and will, and then the body as well. So we are resurrected. The resurrection begins now. So our souls are being resurrected, and our bodies are also being resurrected. Now, because we age and eventually die, we don't see our bodies in that way. I am really starting to understand that we're supposed to be living in faith in that way. We're supposed to be living in faith of the redemption of our flesh, our bodies, in the same ways that we expect and look forward to the redemption of our souls. And so I am living in that direction. I'm more, I'm more careful about what I do with my body, what I allow in my body, around my body. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to I don't want to place too much emphasis on that, of course, but if the the body is the temple of God, then as Paul says, we have a duty to crucify that flesh, meaning everything that is unholy so that the true holiness of the body can actually shine through. And so I have been busy doing that. I just would like you to know that I don't ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And I have had a a very pleasurable habit of having a cigar or more than one on a daily basis for some time. I actually I bought the cigars for my gentlemen, uh, friends of the show. And I thought one day, man, I probably should just try one of these and see if they're any good. And so I did. And, and it didn't become, you know, like a habit until, you know, gosh, I mean, I've been doing that for several years. But at some point it did, it became a, a relaxation kind of thing for me. And as I was doing this show, and for the last several weeks, I've been, you know, kind of thinking about it. And I'm like, uh, you know, that should that could be an area in which I can sacrifice on behalf of, of all of you so that that becomes an apostolic suffering, which I'll be it, it's very small. But it's still voluntary, and it's something I enjoyed, and, and I liked it. But I'll just say, I absolutely hate having to do away with something like that, just because, you know, once you've got a habit of something, it is your flesh just absolutely completely rebels. So I just want you to know that if you have gotten serious about eliminating some sort of habit or a relationship or whatever because of this idea that Paul puts forth of crucifying the flesh, I want you to know I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you because I've done the same thing. So we can just suffer together, right? And and offer it up both for our redemption and then that of the whole church. But we talked about crucifying the flesh. And so what I'd like to do today is get into the nitty gritty of what I think you're probably interested or most interested in when we're talking about healing the physical person. And it's going to be really important for the remainder 
the next couple of shows anyway, the next couple of episodes in which we're going to continue talking about the revelation of the body. And we're looking at it in terms of what science is teaching us about the connection between the soul and the body and how the body heals in connection or in oneness with the soul. Some of you have gotten upset with me over this. And all I can say to that is, I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's science truth. It's theology truth. It's philosophy truth. So if you're upset at there being a connection between your soul and your body, then you're upset with Jesus himself who said that if your eye is one, if your soul is one, then your whole body will be full of light. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say about that. I mean, my job is to just tell you, tell you the truth of it. So I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming us for having sicknesses or having diseases or anything like that. It's not a condemnation thing. And if you're taking it that way, then you probably have a wound you need to, to look at with the Lord. But I want to I want to encourage you in these next couple of shows, as we're talking about the the science, what we know about the science of healing and how the body stores stress and trauma, as we're doing that, it's going to be very important that you have an Emmanuel moment and or a transforming picture through the visualization exercise that I gave you in the back of the book, Just Rest. Now, some of you are brand new to me. You have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm going to explain that briefly so that you have something to kind of come back to because you're going to need this as we move forward in the next couple of shows. Now, all of this is in great detail, much more detail than I'm going to be able to offer you here in the podcast series, but it's all in great detail, step by step in the masterclass which you can find on the homepage on my website. But an Emmanuel moment, Emmanuel means God with us. That phrase was actually coined by someone else, and I don't remember his name now. Um, But he coined this phrase to mean a moment in time when you can remember feeling very, very close to God, feeling that God was very, very close to you. God with us, Emmanuel. So you're remembering that time and the place even. And what you want to do is really enter into it, visualize it, remember how it felt emotionally, remember where you were physically, what you saw, what you smelled, what you heard, all of that. You want to reimagine it because what it does is it brings it back into the present. So you're bringing a past moment into the present and you're re-remembering. This is exactly what the church means when it says, when the church says a re-participation, that the mass is a re-participation in the Lord's Supper or in the Last Supper. It's a memorial, but not a memorial in the way that you just simply remember it. You're bringing it into the present. You're, it's a representation. And so this Emmanuel moment idea is the same thing. You are re-remembering with all of your senses and your visualization, this is what your imagination is meant to do, is to focus on what's holy. So you're bringing that Emmanuel moment into the present. And I'll explain why when we get back. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spirits That Taste Like Cake. Let's get social. I'm no longer on Facebook, so come and connect with me in the new Catholic Evangelista community. Visit BibleStudyEvangelista.com and click Community on the menu, or scroll down to the radio notes and click the link to our community. We're sharing pics and prayers, love the word takeaways and insights on the daily readings, and everything else social. Come share with me. Sonia created the Love the Word Bible Study Method just for you, based on Mary's personal practice and formulated for your personality and temperament. Get your Love the Word meditations every Monday morning by signing up at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Now, here's Sonia. you have your Emmanuel moment, the other thing that you can use if you have read Just Rest is the transforming visualization picture that you got in the, I think it's the last, or next to the last chapter of the book Just Rest. And I'm not going to walk you through that because having an Emmanuel moment, most everybody has one of those. And even if you don't, it's fine if you simply just have a visualization in mind of a very peaceful place. It's better if you can visualize being with God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. It's better if you can visualize one of those kinds of peaceful places, but either way, it doesn't matter. So long as you have a peaceful and relaxing sort of picture that you can hang on to, perhaps holding your rosary or something like that. And the reason that we need something like that is to help us Anchor to the present in a way that's relaxing and peaceful as we're working through these uh, symptoms, these messages that our body is trying to send us through our symptoms. So what's so fascinating, I think, about most of this mind-body connection is that the body knows how to heal itself. Remember that emotion, the word emotion, is e-motion. Your emotions are meant to help you take the proper action. And so your mind, your soul is supposed to be in charge of those emotions, but instead the emotions typically are in charge of everything else. And so we have to get those back in order. But my point here is that emotions are felt because they're physical. They're meant to move us to action, which means you're meant to do something, not stuff them. That's the first thing. But the purpose of emotions is to help us to take the proper action, the the right action in any particular situation. And when we have grown up with trauma or we've experienced a, a lot of stress in our lives that we haven't properly dealt with, then we have a buildup of emotion, a buildup of stress. And if you don't process pain and emotion properly, and physically, then you don't actually release it. Emotions then collect in the body and our neural networks organize in our brain around our wounds. And so when our attachments are threatened, our bodies and our psyches both react. That's why when you get into certain situations, you have this physical reaction. Now, I have always called this a pop quiz. And In the beginning, when I was talking about pop quizzes, I wasn't really thinking about the body 
as a participant in a pop quiz until I started researching what the church says about the human person and the human body and how the person, the human person is both spirit and matter and how all of that relationship goes together. And when I started to to research that and I was also researching somatic psychology, what I discovered there is that every pop quiz has that physical element. Your heart races or you're out of breath or you're you just have this automatic stress response, right? And and I wasn't actually thinking about the pop quiz and the physical part of it being a clue to healing. Duh. <laughs> now it seems so obvious. It seems so stinking obvious now. And I have been using the stop tool to work through pop quizzes and I have revised the stop tool too to work through pop quizzes. I will I'll post that in the show notes because I've actually made it part of the the it's a freebie the working through pop quizzes handout. I made it a freebie when you sign up for the weekly emails, but so many of you have been, you've been getting these emails for years, so you may not have access to it, but I'm going to post it in the community very clearly and prominently so that you can download it and get it. So you're going to want to go to my website and up on the menu, click community. And if you haven't joined the community, then you're going to need to do that in order to get this handout. But it's working through pop quizzes and it's been updated. It's the stop tool, but it's been updated to help you work through the physical part of your your pop quizzes. So we work through the stop tool and we include the physical response to trauma and the physical responses to stress because those symptoms are our bodies telling us things. <laughs> and so if we have gone for many years without listening and without processing properly both our emotions and the the stress response, the trauma response in in all of our circumstances and relationships, if we have spent years and years not processing that properly, then that's why you're having problems with chronic pain and chronic fatigue and autoimmune issues and all kinds of things. Remember that we know now that 80% of our physical issues are actually spiritual and emotional and mental, mentally rooted, So, which is that's not to blame. All I'm saying is, I, I'm not even going to beat that dead horse. I've only said this a hundred times, so I'm I'm not going to defend it. I'm just the science is what the science is, and the Bible says what the Bible says. So, it just is what it is. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming myself for having for having these symptoms. It's our bodies telling us things, and we should be very thankful. It's not a condemnation. It's not an accusation. If you're sick, it's simply it's simply a a message from your body that there is an issue somewhere in the mental, emotional, and spiritual processing of the things that have happened to you in the past and the, and probably the way that you deal with things in the present. So the good news here is, what I've been saying all along, we can heal a lot of that. So we're not simply at the mercy of a 
a healing prayer or a, a healing service. And perhaps we've been to a bunch of those and we haven't gotten healed and nothing's happened. That doesn't mean that the promise for healing isn't still there. It just means it's going to take more time because God is more interested in the deeper healing than he is in the superficial. And I'd also like to point out that just because it's not miraculous doesn't mean it's not miraculous. Just because it takes time doesn't mean it's any less miraculous than if he were to do it and poof you completely well in just a moment. All of it is miraculous. The fact that we can be elevated above where we would have been had we never been sick or never sinned as we've looked at in previous shows, it it's my it's mind blowing, is it not? So back to the somatic part. The symptoms of our bodies are information. Our bodies give us information about what's going on in our minds and in our hearts and in our emotions. So what's so beautiful about somatic psychology is that it doesn't pretend that the body doesn't exist or that feelings are irrelevant or that perhaps unbidden persistent images don't have a meaning. Those unbidden persistent images that come to you in moments of maybe prayer or in moments where you're under a stressful situation, those are probably symptoms of trauma and that can be healed. That's the beautiful thing about all of this is that it can be healed. But first we have to understand that a lot of of our physical maladies are the result of years of not being able or free to process stress and trauma properly. And so that's what the next couple of shows are going to be about, giving you tools to work through some of that so that you can discharge that energy that your body has stored and that is possibly causing you to be sick. Now, Dr. Levine was a, he was inspired to study stress on animals, on their nervous systems, when he realized that animals are constantly under the threat of death, and yet they never show signs of trauma. They are always, every animal, or most of them, they're always prey to some predator. And so they're always under this threat of death, and yet they don't have the signs and the symptoms of trauma like we do. And somehow they're able to effectively discharge all that energy. So that when an animal is under attack, they either fight or they flee or they can fawn too. We'll talk about that one in a a moment. But the point is that there is this highly energetic threat response. There's this flood of adrenaline, which is meant to assist the animal in moving forward or getting out of the way, this, this exit. And the energy has to be released because it is, it's, but sometimes it's a violent energy, right? Because it's it's self-preservation. The animal has to get out. It has to either run. Imagine a lion pursuing a gazelle. The gazelle has to has to expend all of this energy in trying to get away from the lion. And so let's say that the gazelle does get away from the lion. Then what happens? Then the gazelle collapses somewhere and has to recover, right? But the gazelle then won't show this trauma response the way a human being will because typically the animal has discharged all of that 
energy in the run. We get into situations where we feel unsafe and it's either inappropriate or unsafe to run or it's inappropriate or unsafe to fight. And so we fawn. More on those stress responses when we get back. You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spares That Taste Like Cake. Did you know you can get Bible Study Evangelista radio notes and podcasts delivered to your inbox every Monday morning? Redeem your Mondays. Join thousands of your fellow listeners by subscribing at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Now, here's Sonia. If you're tired of being harassed by anxiety, fear, and depression, if you're ready to end the constant drama and pain in your relationships and circumstances, if you're sick of pain and disease and constant fatigue in your body, you need the Sacred Healing Masterclass. It's packed with practical tools for healing anxiety and woundedness, 10 hours of biblical Catholic teaching on healing for the heart, soul, mind, and body, and the latest science in physics, neuroscience, and somatic psychology. Healing is your promise and inheritance in Christ. Go to BibleStudyEvangelista.com homepage and click on the Sacred Healing Masterclass for details on how you can be healed. You will experience healing through this masterclass, and what you learn will dispose you for love, heart, soul, mind, and strength for the rest of your life. The mental health community pretty much recognizes four types of stress or uh, trauma responses. The fight, flight, freeze, and fawn responses. So the four F's. And each of these describe a set of responses that someone has when he or she is faced with some sort of threatening or abusive situation. So each of these, we typically gravitate toward one of these responses and Over time, they can become trauma if they are experienced over time, especially in childhood. These can be, they can become trauma, meaning they're just exacerbated and it becomes a permanent way of trying to deal with stressful situations. So when that happens, then this response occurs later in life as a default every time you face anything that you perceive as a threat, which is why your body goes into this automatic response that I would call an eruption. It's it's that same Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. It's it's like vomit. Your body just does it. It it automatically begins to respond And you don't even know where it comes from. Now, I understood at that time when when God gave me that verse, I understood at that time he was talking about my anger. What I didn't know then is that the anger that I was experiencing was actually a response to trauma. And I'll be honest, I didn't really know that until this year, like recently in the last several months. As I was studying for the masterclass, that's when I began to understand, oh my word, had I had this tool in the beginning, I could have integrated the physical part along with my understanding of my emotional, the, the roots of my anger, which were emotional, and also worked with the the physical response because 
I later on, like recently, five years or so ago, I had I had another one of those things happen. And it threw me for a loop. Had I known that my body was was reacting out of a trauma response, it would have helped a whole lot of things. It would have probably saved me a whole lot of time. So I am trying to offer this to you so that you can sort of do all of those things together with this stop tool. You can start to look at your emotions as well as your thoughts, as well as your spirit, as well as your body. When you're talking about a physical healing, when you want to heal your body, you must take into consideration all of those things as I've been trying to build for you for the past several shows. So then those four stress responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, they will manifest in different ways for different people. A healthy fight response would look like having good, firm boundaries, but an unhealthy fight response would be this explosive anger like I had. I didn't know about boundaries. I, because of my twisted up attachment with my father, I didn't even know that you could have boundaries. I didn't know that it was unhealthy not to have boundaries. I didn't know it was unhealthy to continue to allow him to do the things that he was doing, which were abusive. You know, he's my dad. So don't I owe him? Well, I don't even want to get into that because I've done I've done all of that in so many other series. But I want to at least show you how your body can react in these sort of responses. Because if you don't, if you if you don't know how your body reacts under stress, then you won't realize that it's a stress reaction that can actually be healed. And then you can release that energy and it won't get compacted in your body. So it's important then to know what those four stress responses are. And in an ideal situation, this is what we're shooting for. Every one of us should be able to access good, healthy parts of all four types of these stress responses as we deal with stress. So the fight response is, as we talked about with the animals, it's a self-preservation. And so for those of us who use it, it doesn't matter who we hurt. We just we just want to get away or get the, the person away from us. In some cases, this is healthy. Like if you're actually in danger on the street and you're being attacked, right? You would actually physically need to defend yourself. Or if you're being threatened by a wild animal and you either shoot it or you you trap it, then you've responded to an actual threat in an appropriate way. And in the same kind of way, if somebody speaks to you with condescension or abuse, then you could say, you can't speak to me like that. And that is also a healthy fight response. So when we're using the fight response positively, it will help us create boundaries. It'll help us be assertive. It'll help us be courageous. It will help us be strong. And it will help us protect ourselves and our loved ones if it's necessary. But if you've been exposed to trauma or stress over time, then that fight response can become unhealthy as it did for me. So it will feel like the threat has not ever really gone away. And that's exactly what I felt every single time I got into a situation with a man in in authority over me who was critical or tried to play power games with me. I just I just erupted. 
I had this eruption of anger. And so I fought, I fought all the time feeling like I was on high alert with certain kinds of people and I was ready to fight at any moment. Every single time I had to visit my father, my, I just felt like I was walking on eggshells all the time. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. This unhealthy fight response can result in controlling behaviors. It can result in bullying, conduct disorders, demanding perfection from yourself or other people, and feelings of entitlement. Sometimes this unhealthy fight response turns inward, and then you feel angry with yourself for no reason. Because see, you're not able or allowed to be angry at someone else. This is what people... This is what very gentle people with with gentle personalities and temperaments do. They don't feel like it's appropriate or it's safe to actually be angry at the person that they're supposed to be angry at. So they're angry at themselves. And that's where they get depressed and they they have stuffed then that emotion and it eats away at them. So if you've had unhealthy fight responses in the past, then first of all, just be compassionate with yourself. We can't do better until we know better. And you've probably learned these behaviors way back in your past in order to survive and be safe, especially emotionally, and that's fine. But you don't have to be like that now, right? Now we can know. We can know better and we can deal with those responses knowing First of all, that it is a a stress or a trauma response. And then secondly, we can start to deal with those appropriately and have good boundaries and good responses. Now, that's the fight response. Then you have the flight stress response or trauma response. So if it's impossible to defeat the threat in a fight, then we default to trying to leave the situation entirely. And this is the flight stress response or trauma response. So it's similar to the fight response because it can be either healthy or it can be unhealthy. In healthy situations, a flight response to stress will help you disengage from harmful or unsafe conversations and situations. It will help you leave unhealthy relationships. It will help you remove yourself from dangerous situations. And it will help you properly assess danger. You sometimes need space to evaluate the situation or the circumstance or the relationship. Sometimes you need space in order to get control of your own emotions and your own behavior. That is a healthy way to use this flight response to deal with a stress. It helps you know that there's actual danger and get away from it if it's possible. But if you have unresolved trauma in your background, then you might see everything as a danger and constantly be running. And here's how that looks in an unhealthy way. Obsessive or compulsive tendencies. People who have to stay busy all the time. That's a that's a flight response trying to run. Panic and constant fear. Perfectionism, workaholism, and inability to sit still. These are attempts to outrun or outwork a perceived danger. And sometimes when you sit down to pray, you are flooded by uncomfortable feelings. That's called flooding. And then sometimes that flooding can cause you to check out. That's called dissociation. Both of those are not good, right? And we'll talk about that in reference to that Emmanuel moment when we get to how to process some of this 
emotional stuff in our bodies when we're working through the stop tool in a physical kind of way. But those are the fight and the flight responses. Then there's the freeze response. It's not as common, but it's one that everybody's familiar with, like the playing possum or playing dead. We have these birds here called killdeers, and they they make their nests right in the edge of the road. And if you're walking, like in the driveway, they'll they'll build their nests right by the, the driveway. And if you walk past it, the mother will come out of the nest and pretend like she's hurt. She'll just kind of walk along the, the ground and, and cry to try to make you follow her, to get you away from her nest. That's sort of a, a freeze response. She is trying to play hurt so that you will come after her and not her babies. You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spirits That Taste Like Cake. If you love having Bible study in your pocket, you can become a friend of the show. Click on the yellow friend of the show button on BibleStudyEvangelista.com and become a supporter of any amount and any frequency. Now, here's Sonia. the freeze response then in nature you'll see an animal playing dead or pretending like it's asleep when it's threatened but for people if it's a healthy response a a healthy freeze response it'll cause you to simply just pause instead of trying to fight or run away so it will make you more mindful it will make you more aware It'll make you fully present in the moment so that you're making a conscious evaluation of whether or not in this situation I'm actually in danger and what is the appropriate response. So it can become unhealthy, of course, um, when trauma is involved. So a child then who has an abusive parent may hide and try to be as still and quiet as possible in order to avoid the parent's anger or the parent's attention. It could be a, a sexual abuse kind of thing. And so the child will hide and try to try to just freeze, be away, be invisible. And sometimes some uh, people can be so overwhelmed by fear in situations that they literally cannot move. And that, that is an actual thing. So when someone reacts to stress with an unhealthy freeze response, it can cause that dissociation I told you about, the checking out. It can cause isolation, zoning out, brain fog, difficulty making decisions or taking action. So if you're experiencing brain fog, it could be a trauma response. It sometimes makes you condemn yourself for being lazy, but it's a freeze response. It's a trauma thing, a fear of achieving or trying new things that can be part of an unhealthy freeze response to stress. Some people get stuck in that pattern of freezing because they are afraid that the danger is still there if they thaw. So it's important then to learn good, healthy ways of dealing with danger and evaluating whether or not the situation actually is dangerous. Because remember these sorts, if if it's trauma, your body is going to automatically go into this response 
without your being conscious of it. You're just going to do it automatically, which is why it's important to heal, right? So that you can get some control over your your body and your body's responses and your emotions and your thoughts. All of that can be healed. That's the whole point in, in my doing this show on the revelation of the body. Jesus shows us that our bodies can heal from this kind of habitual stress response that has become trauma and it's automatic. He's, he is assuring us of our healing. That's so, so that's, the fight, flight, and freeze. And then we have the fawn response. Fawning is probably the least known stress response, and it's usually related to people pleasing. People who spend or have spent a lot of time around other toxic people, they learn to go above and beyond in order to make that toxic person happy and to try to neutralize that threat. And that's exactly what I try to do. I became perfectionist because I was trying so hard to avoid the anger and the criticism from my father. And so I was trying to please him. I was constantly trying to please him, which made me perfectionist and somewhat compulsive even in my behavior because I was trying to make him happy and trying to neutralize then the threat of his anger, which was scary to me. In some cases, fawning can be actually productive. So if you throw a piece of meat at a dog that's chasing you, then you can maybe distract him long enough to use your flight response and then get away. So a healthy fawning response can, it can mean that you're compassionate for other people. You're able to compromise when it's appropriate. You are an active listener. You can be fair, but There are some times when that fawn response gets out of balance and people who have been in toxic relationships often develop an unhealthy pleasing response. So that means codependent relationships, you're willing to stay in a violent or abusive relationship, you've lost yourself completely, you people please to the point of illness, sickness and destruction and you have very few or no boundaries. That is often an out of balance fawn response. So you have probably recognized yourself in some or all of these stress responses because they're common to each of us. But there's also typically one that that you utilize more than the others. And that usually goes back to a coping mechanism from childhood. And over time, Each of us has some of these physical responses that happen automatically and we're not even aware that it could be trauma that has built up over time. Now, let me explain the word trauma because when when I used to hear the word trauma, I was like, well, that's not me because I've not ever had anything terrible or tragic or anything like that ever happen to me. I wasn't beaten or otherwise physically abused. I wasn't sexually abused. I didn't have any sort of terrible accident or any, I wasn't involved in any sort of natural disaster or a war. I mean, none of that, right? So to use the word trauma for me in my situation seemed like a gross exaggeration. But what we know now is that when the body feels stress or feels uneasy, it starts to send messages. The body sends messages in order to inform the brain that something is wrong, that something is dangerous and that it needs attention. And if those messages go unanswered over time, 
then they start to evolve into symptoms of trauma so that the execution of emotions and the submission of logic to truth, especially about our identity, they don't match up anymore. Our our coping mechanisms to stress and to, to overwhelming emotions, they're not healthy anymore. The body can't recover. So we have flashbacks or shaking and trembling, shortness of breath, racing heart, all of that stuff. Because remember that emotions are felt because they're physical. They're meant to move us to proper action. And when we don't move to proper action, then they get stuffed. They get compacted in the body and the body stores them. That's why you you all probably have heard of that book, The Body Keeps Score. If you don't process stress and pain physically, you won't release it. And so all of that emotion collects in the body. A simple working definition for trauma is that it is a fight, flight, freeze or fawn response that is long term. It has never actually resolved. So you're stuck in that stress response and it is triggered automatically without your will to begin with, right? But once we understand it, then we can start to take measures to heal from it. And you may need, if you have extensive trauma in your background, such as abuse anything like that, or perhaps a a natural disaster, perhaps a traumatic event, something like that, you may need some professional help to work through that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what God gave us medicine for (laughs) and the the medical um, industry. So take advantage of all of those things. I'm not saying that we should ever substitute one for the other. Use them all. Use them all. But my point in offering all of this is to show you how the soul and the body work together for healing. And if we can heal the soul, meaning the heart, the mind, the the emotions, all of that, if we can heal that, Jesus says that our body will, will be full of light. And so we have to do both things together. We're working on the physical, but we're also working on the spiritual and the emotional as well. We do them both at the same time. That's why you're here. So in the next show, we're going to go through a step-by-step process for addressing some of this stress response that has been built up. So it's a a body-based sort of healing through the stop tool that I have given you many, many times before out of Psalm 4-4. Send not, tell God, offer the right sacrifice and put your trust in God. So S is send not, T is tell God, O is offer the right sacrifice and P is put your trust in God. Now, one word on that, a reaction such as we're speaking about here, a fight or flight or freeze or phone response is not sin, right? I'm I'm not saying that it's sin. All I'm saying is that this tool can help us. The S is sin not or stop, right? You just stop. You want to, you want to get some space between the trigger event or person so that you can make an evaluation of the actual danger. And if there is an actual danger, why is your heart racing? Why can't you breathe? Why are these images coming to you unbidden? Why do you feel this absolute irresistible urge to get up and run or get up and leave the situation. Why does this happen? 
It happens because of built up trauma over time. So trauma can be a one time event, but it can also be over time compacted. And it affects our bodies. Stress affects our bodies. And so we need to know how to work through the stresses that we encounter on a daily basis that trigger these sort of trauma responses from the past that are so exaggerated so that we know how to deal with stresses from this point forward and then also those from the past so that they stop making us sick. That's the whole point of all of this entire series, Samada, when we're talking about our bodies and the revelation of the body. So in the next show, we'll be looking at a step-by-step guide through the process of healing physically from our stresses and traumas. Thank you for listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Find out more at BibleStudyEvangelista.com.